We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! How good you guys! And the 21st episode, 21 questions. Yes. We don't have that many. No, we but no, we don't. We've some. No, but we have answers. Do and we have? Do we have answers? Yeah, but you know what? Much like Roddy Piper, when we have the answers, someone else changes all the questions. So yeah, that's, that's may he rest in peace. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how it's gone so far. Yeah. Every time we think we have an answer, we have another question. Yes. Um. Let's so. do, let's start with some some pro news. Woo. Pros. At least one. So We're I'm, amateurs. <laughs> in the NFL this year, for a second year running, at least one former Cal football player will win a Super Bowl ring. Yes. This time, it's not much, not a current player versus current player situation, but it's a current player versus coach yeah. situation. And for the third straight year, a Ron Gould running back will be in the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, and he could be the third... Ron Gould running back to win. Yeah, last year it was kind of like, eh, you have two of them playing against each other, so either way. But you know what? That more power to them. So C.J. Anderson and Ron Rivera, great coach. Actually, I saw a stat today. The uh, last time a a team went 18-1 to win a Super Bowl was in 1985 with the Chicago Bears. One of their starting linebackers was none other than Ron Rivera. Oh, so there it is. Yeah. History repeats itself. Probably. Probably. I mean, I'm under the assumption the Panthers are the heavy favorites. Yeah, I'd pick the Panthers because Keekly has been out of his mind recently. That pick six to pretty much clinch it? Oh, my goodness. I think he's my favorite player in the NFL that's not from Cal. Yeah. Just I love rangy linebackers who can do pretty much anything. Yeah, I mean, he was he was knocked down in terms of draft stock just because of his height and everything. And because but, he's a middle linebacker, and you're not going to pick one of those yeah. in the top ten, really. But he's he's he should have been a first-rounder with this. What, he was a first-rounder, though. Was he a first-rounder? He was, like, pick 13th or something, 15th. Was he that high? Because he, he didn't go in the top ten. I know that. Yeah, he, he, I remember that. It was middle of the first round. I can... Tell you that much. I thought he was a. I thought he was a late second, no, third rounder. No, no, no. He wow. he was very good. He was the first linebacker picked 
but he was not, I mean, the last linebacker I can remember to go in the top 10 <laughs> was Rolanda McLean, and we all know how that one turned out. So not so bad. Not now, but it's he like, didn't pan out as what we expected. It's like saying be. Sam Bowie was a solid role player in his later years. Okay. He was, but you know what? <laughs> like Neil Walk was a solid role 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 player role player. He was the second overall pick after Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah, so he just didn't pan out to be a top ten guy. Yeah, no. He's a top ten guy you you want as a franchise player. He's like a Michael uh, a Michael Thompson, let's say. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. All right, and then um, we both of us love this, love, love this uh, statement from Ron Rivera. So both teams will be practicing in the Bay Area leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was there was some talk about uh, the AFC or the NFC team practicing at Stanford and the AFC team practicing you know, somewhere else, probably um, like San Jose State or something. Most likely. Um, but when asked if the Panthers will be practicing at Stanford, Coach Ron Rivera smiles and he says, "No, no, thank goodness." <laughs> I mean, the guy bleeds blue and gold. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what other. How Good. I don't see. You know what? Based on this, I don't see why the Panthers might not be practicing at Berkeley. All right, we were both mistaken. Luke Keekley was the ninth overall pick in 2012. No way, he was a top ten pick. Yeah. Wow. I thought he was 13 or something. Yeah, so. I thought he was. I thought he was a second, third round. Yeah. No, he's really good. Yeah. So. <laughs> got that going for him so what do you think about that you think you think ron might say hey i want to kind of practice in my home field i could see that happening i don't know if it would we could use the money if they're willing to pay us a little bit yeah and i think that i mean you want to practice on grass obviously yeah. since levi's is grass so that may be a factor against but if they want to come on over It'd be something great for our guys on our football team to come watch too. Yeah, because they could. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm just looking at it going partner up a little bit. Bub Rivera, who's Ron Rivera's nephew, is you know playing on the team as well, making his way. Yeah, top. So I mean, I don't see why not, right? I just, I. It would be great publicity for the for the university as well. Yeah, I mean, so who knows? Maybe that'll happen. If that happens, I'm. I'm going to be standing outside the stadium for like a yeah. day or two just seeing if I can get a glimpse or maybe an autograph of Cam Newton's. Or... They closed off the uh, inroad to the the back door to the locker room. so and oh. Or not locker room, but just the facility area. So yeah. they fixed what you could get in through. Yeah. But so now you can stand outside the gate. Maybe they'll stop by. Or just someone know there. someone on the inside. Yeah, we which, could. An insider. I have a few. I have a few. <laughs> Give him a call. He got a call. Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, and now to some more Cal coaching news. Yes. Oh, this was the big news that broke this week. Uh, Tony Franklin, our offensive coordinator, resigned, taking the offensive coordinating position at Middle Tennessee State, which, which if you don't know, that is where Tony was before... Going to Louisiana Tech. Exactly. Right? So yeah. he's... I mean, the, the statement he put out basically said that he had a great time here, he loved it here, but... He wanted to move somewhere closer to home, closer to his family, which is why he moved back to Middle Tennessee State. could mean that he actually wants to be closer to his family, or we thought it was the right, or Sonny thought it was the right time to just try and find someone new for the position. So, I mean, I don't know, whichever it was. um, You know, there's some rumors that are circulating about why he left, um, you know, mostly on the scout 
what's it, the forum page and also the Rivals forum page. Yeah. If you have subscription to it, go check it out. I'm not at liberty to say just because it is behind um, some of their insider Didn't info, offer so. him enough peyote in his last uh, contract. <laughs> so Not enough top dog. Oh. Um, not enough books to read under that tree near Morrison <clears throat> Hall. Yeah. I mean, I don't think this came as big news because, you know, none of the offensive recruits or anything like that really... Were recruited by him. Yeah. He's but, not that much of a recruiter. Yeah. That's the thing. But also, no, nobody was really shocked. I mean, most of the time this type of news breaks out and then you see these recruits, you know, maybe tweet something out, you know, maybe, a you know, something, with you know, with emoticons or whatnot, but... Nothing of that sort. So it might have been one of those things where the offensive crews kind of saw it coming, maybe maybe knew. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and a lot of these guys are tied to Peeler anyway. Yeah. So, so I mean, they're I, big. Yeah, I don't think anything was shocked. Um, they probably got some reassurances that even if Coach Franklin left, their offensive the offense mentality would stay change. the same. Yeah, the same. And they're going to hire a guy who's going to be in that. Exactly, which leads us to our little talk here about who. Do, 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 do. There it is. Uh, who might replace Tony Franklin? Um, I mean, the obvious choice for me would be not obvious, but just the one that makes sense would be to recall Coach Likens. Yeah. If you don't know who he is, he was our wide receivers coach uh, who left. Was it two years ago now? Uh, just a year. A year. Is that only been a year? Yeah. Wow. Um, he left for Kansas, um, and so he's there. He's there. Uh, what sucks is that Kansas, they did not have a good year. I mm-mm. think they, they were own 12 right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to justify, hey, let's bring back an offensive coordinator from an 0-12 team. But he is a guy who's familiar in the offense, and, I mean, to a certain extent, the ship's going to steer itself. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That's an option. The other one um, you've listed here is Jake Spavitol. Yep, who was the Texas A&M uh, offensive coordinator for the past two seasons, who was kind of scapegoated. Uh, yeah. I mean, he mutually resigned um, just a few weeks ago, but, I mean, I feel like it was kind of a scapegoat thing just with the whole debacle of Kyle uh, Kyle Allen and, and Kyler uh, Murray. Yeah, um, all those guys transferring. Yeah, um, so... But I mean, other than that, I mean, he's done. He did a phenomenal job uh, with the Texas A and M offense, and that has some air raid yeah. types of uh, influence into it. So, I think it'd be it'd be a good hire. Um, yeah. He's a he's only thirty, and he's a great recruiter. Wow, um, only thirty. Yeah. So I mean, that's a it's one of those I think a high risk, high reward yeah. payments where bring him in, roll the dice, exactly, um, and fly. And we have that extra money to pay new assistants now, yeah. right? So a little bit. Who knows? Um, any any choices of yours? Yeah, the only other one that I thought of on the way over here was Sonny Cumbie. Yep. Who is a uh, he's the co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at TCU right now, and this he could get the full offensive coordinator title here. He was at um, Texas Tech. When they beat Cal in the Holiday Bowl in 2004 and held the uh, passing yardage record for a number of years until I believe Colt Brennan broke it. Yep. That That's, I think, not entirely sure on that one. But you know what? He's been in that kind of air raid system before. He's He was the quarterback when Sonny was at Texas Tech. Yep. So, you know, that should that could help solidify things. There's probably a relationship there. So... If that's going to be a shot in the dark, but who knows? Who knows? 
I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, nobody has, there's, there haven't been any leaks about potential, like, shortlists. Um, there hasn't been anything. I mean, I'm pretty sure the coaching, or Dykes and, you know, Mike Williams probably has a shortlist already um, and have probably already been reaching out um, to potential offense coordinator guys. But yeah. this is just one of those things that with spring football right around the corner, the sooner the better. Yeah. Um, so... Like to see someone secure in that spot. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, it, it. Whoever the hire is, I think it'll just infuse maybe some new, um, new blood into this into this program. Maybe it brings them a little bit more hype. Whoever yeah. they bring in, I think the the program might just go okay, okay. Maybe we'll see. You know, the shoot to thrill, play to kill. Yeah, the offense two point Um Can't see the forest through the trees. Exactly, or the other way around. <laughs> I mean, there's not a, there's not a lot of jokes or little th- things we can do with the quarterback names. There's not a lot of fun ones. I mean, the offense thing that was like perfect. It was like made um, with Forrest, with uh, who else? Um, um, Gilliam, Bowers, Rubenzer. There's not a lot. It's coming down in Bowers. Um, uh, maybe. Ah, uh, this is gonna. I know at the. Uh, Speaking of the Panthers earlier, one thing I liked was they did a, they did a, they played Star Wars music whenever Luke Keekley did anything good. Yeah, so you could do cool. that with Rubenzer too. Okay. Gilliam's Island. Yeah. Uh, uh, if he was a cornerback, that'd be that'd be perfect. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Wait, that's the Price Right music. <laughs> um, that's tough. Yeah, there's not a lot. Um, but it'll be fun. Someone will think of the whole new, um, what's it, Klindergoff type of name mm-hmm. for this quarterback uh, competition. But Gilead Sciences. <laughs> no, that doesn't. No, work. no, not that much. It's not as catchy. It needs to be catchy. That's what I've come to realize. Um, um, this is going to take a lot of like writing things down, crossing <laughs> yeah, out cross- letters, <laughs> throwing pieces of paper at the wall. Yeah, with the I want to believe. <laughs> Put over it. X Files came back. I did not watch it, but that theme song will be forever stuck in my head because my. Is that the right one? Yeah. The truth is out there. It is. Actually, the there's a thing called the Scully effect for a while because that show got more women into just the sciences. There's this big spike after. That show started. I mean, so. th- that was a great show. Yeah. Back in the day. I mean, I, I, I loved it. It was kind of scary. It was a little bit... Yeah, it freaked know, out a younger Trace. Yeah, so yeah. I never really wanted to watch it. Yeah. But it was interesting. Yeah. Um, Should be good. Yeah. I mean, if you guys have any um, potential offensive coordinator uh, hires that you would like to see, let us know. Um, and no, we are not getting the 49ers old offensive coordinator <coughs> just because he's the Stanford quarterback's dad. No, I, that guy's offense was awful, awful. Jeep no. Christ or Jeep Christ or whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? Uh, but if you have any potentials that you would like to see hired, let us know. We'll talk about them next week. Unless by the time we record this next week, unless we have a hire, then we'll be talking about that hire next week. Um, but moving on um, to more football news. This weekend was one. Heck of a weekend in terms of Cal recruiting. Very large. This was this was a huge weekend for us. I mean, granted, 
I mean, we have the list in front of us. There was only four guys that came that were uncommitted. Yes, um, but you know what? The power of beating a ranked team at <coughs> home in basketball. Good times. Good times. Um, let's run through this list. Uh, should we go with the guys who have already committed to us, or should we go with the guys that Let's go with the targets. Let's go with the targets. All right, the first one, the big one. Four-star wide receiver A.J. Brown from Starkville, Mississippi. Pretty much the biggest one that we're looking for to come. Yeah, he was uh, he was here on his official visit. Uh, he was, I think, hosted by Jordan Duncan, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. who is also his best friend, who is also in the same class, but now he is in Berkeley because he was an early admit, and he is taking classes and yeah. a student here. He's having fun. Yeah. Probably um, taking drugs on the brain or something. <laughs> Probably. That was a great class, by the way. I didn't have it, but... That's a very good class. Probably taking that, Nutrisci... ESPM 50 AC. Yeah, that's probably... (laughs) Name Music 26 AC. That's the one I took. There are a lot of football players in that one. That was an easy one, What was that? What's the education one that all the football players take, too? The one with the field trips? Ah, God. I wouldn't know. I did live with a football player for a couple years, but... But that's the one that all football players take, too, is that education class. Yeah. Like the education ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That type. Uh, yeah, because you can you can make a ninety eight class out of pretty much anything. I <laughs> when I worked for football, they offered extra credits for keeping tabs on recruits <laughs> like this, uh-huh. just getting their stats and everything. But when they would have probably been better served getting a rivals or scout subscription. But <laughs> I got my damn two credits every semester, so <laughs> or for the fall semesters. So um, it was a good time. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, for him personally, he has uh, he's basically debating between us, Alabama, or Old Miss. Um, and it's fun to hear our name in that conversation. Very. It's um, like in the uh, NCAA football games when you get to a point in your dynasty mode where you're you see the guys top five schools, and it's like Bama, Notre Dame, North Texas, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Kent State is getting all the five-star guys. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I'm looking at this going... He, I mean, he's making his decision on National Sign Day, which, by the way, is next week. Oh, jeez. Um, so, I've got a dentist appointment next week. I need to start flossing. <laughs> this is, uh, is going to be... Yeah, this, this is big. This is going to be big. This I is mean, Wednesday? It, yeah, February 3rd. Uh, the first is Monday, I, I believe. Okay. So it should be Wednesday. Yeah. So guys should be starting to announce their commitments probably starting Monday. But the big guys, the, the big name guys that haven't committed yet, they'll everyone will be announcing yeah. on Wednesday. Um, so that one's huge. This I think that one's probably one of the biggest ones. That's the biggest one we've had in a while. Yeah, because if we can get him, that just solidifies our wide receiver core. Yeah. It says, hey, we're putting out all the wide receivers here. <coughs> yeah. This is the place you will want to be. Yeah. Um, and then the next one, uh, former uh, Stanford commit Nate Herbig uh, from Honolulu, Hawaii. is a three-star offensive lineman. Um, he was committed to Stanford since July, but he announced his decommitment on Christmas. Uh, he officially visited, and uh, it says things, are, things were looking uh, very promising but this past weekend, Herbig take, took an OV to Stanford and found out that he had been admitted to the school. So suddenly, uh, Stanford looks to be right back in the driver's seat in terms of his recruitment. Uh, but, you know, he still intended to visit Cal, which he did. Uh, Brandon Jones, who is the offensive line coach, uh, he had an in-home visit with him. He's also very good friends with uh, Cal commit Drew Kobayashi. He's also teammates with him. Um, so when they visited together. wide receiver. Mm-hmm. 
So we'll see. I mean, this is Herbig's good. Our offensive line commitments, uh, which we'll look into in a little bit, is already really, really good. This would just be a luxury to have and a very, very nice luxury. And a good one, too, if we want to keep a... I mean, if Paco Perez doesn't stay stick exactly. around, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Um, but I mean, if we can pull him, then I mean, our offensive line looks pretty stacked for the next four years. Um, so this this is this is one to watch. Yeah. And then the next one is uh, Zion Eccles, uh, three star athlete slash running back. Uh, he's form formally committed to Cal uh, from May to November, but then opened up his recruitment. Admits the whole uh, Sunny Dykes coaching carousel stuff. But that's done now, so he can come on back home. Yeah, so he's basically debating between us and Washington State. Um, Which I think is an easy decision, but, you know. I mean, look at – let me just read this to you. In the midst of all the the coaching stuff, he's 5'8", 180-pounder. His senior season – this is just his senior season, okay? He put up 2,400 yards of offense and 44 touchdowns. That's a lot. (laughs) That's really a lot. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, so, so, so just to clarify, two thousand four hundred yards of offense does not mean all-purpose yards. Um, that's that, just that's just from the line of scrimmage, receiving and rushing. That's, Eat your heart out, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Holy crap! Twenty four hundred yards. It's coming for you. Whew. I mean, he went to Washington State for an OV last weekend, um, and he came to us for his final trip. So. He's dynamic. Uh, he's a playmaker with home run ability. That's what it says here. So, come black, please. Yeah, please. Um, not asking for too much, am I? No, no, <laughs> no. I think this is a good. Would be a good place for him. I yeah. mean, if he doesn't, best of luck at Wazoo. Yeah, I like Wazoo, but I like Cal better. Yeah, I mean. He's basically in the same mold as a Milky Stovall, but they've they've said that they've recruited Milky Stovall as a stop, slot receiver who will get touches in the backfield, whereas Zion will probably be the the exact opposite, where he's a running back who will get touches in the it. slot. Just so two all-purpose guys. That'd exactly. Be great. Yep, that would be pretty amazing. And then also the last target that we have that came this past weekend is a three-star defensive back from San Marcos, California, Terrell Burgess. Um, so. He's six foot, 180 pounds. Um, Described as fast, long, physical, and dynamic, which are all adjectives that you could use just about anywhere and they'd sound good. Yep. He Except can, fast. He can play cornerback or safety. Um, Cal will be uh, Terrell's final visit, which it was. Um, and so the other contenders for him are Arizona, Boise State, and Utah. So. Let's hope that this uh, visit this weekend turned him off of Arizona. Yep. That Boise State's blue field blinded him and that Utah's too boring for him. So. Too much snow. Way too much snow. Let's just... just um, not, <laughs> not enough stuff to do. In Salt Lake City. Unless you like skiing or the Utah Jazz, but not actual jazz because I'm pretty sure they banned music there. <laughs> I apologize, Ben Parker. You're a good person. He's from... <laughs> His family's from Utah, or he's from Utah, or something. I don't quite remember, but yeah. If you're listening to this, Ben, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I quit caffeine. I could be a model Mormon right now. Um, but that that's the only four guys that were uh, slated to. I mean, come our class in. is sitting at 24 right now. Yeah. So, but I mean, as 
as Mark always says when I um, ask him if if we have enough scholarships to give out, you know, these top level guys, what does he always tell me? We'll make room. Yeah. We'll make room. Someone's going away. Yeah. Um, we'll cut one of the GAs. <laughs> they could. We could. No, those guys actually do quite a bit of work. Yeah. So. Um, but then a whole list of calcumits um, came. Yes. This is pretty much everyone, uh, except for one. Um, o- Odegu? Odegu? Um, he's from the East Coast, but I'm sorry, yeah. but he got snowed out. <laughs> And that's what it said. That's Udeogu. why Udeogu. That's Chineda Udeogu. Yeah, that's the reason he couldn't make it out is because yeah, he got snowed out in these. So um, maybe he'll come for next weekend or something. Probably, Unless I would he assume can't. So. Yeah, um, but let's run through this list. Uh, first of all, the guy who bleeds blue and gold, the guy you and I both like, Travion Beck, yeah. three-star DB from Belfaller, California, who goes to St. Bosco. Just best closing speed of this class, I think. He was. Uh, I mean, let me just read this. Coming off an eight-interception senior season, Beck earned all CIF honors and backed up his reputation as a lockdown corner after facing many of SoCal's best wide receivers. Funny part is that they kept throwing at him. Yeah, that's the weird part. I don't know. Why would you throw to him? I don't understand. Um, Next, uh, three-star DB uh, from Corona, California, Cameron Bynum. Uh, Bynum demonstrated a solid technique, length, and instincts in an impressive senior campaign at Centennial. Building that Centennial pipeline. Yeah. Like having those guys from there. You got uh, Juarez yep. from there as well. Yep. And uh, Trey Watson. Uh, yep, yep. He is from Centennial as it well. It goes on. There's more guys. I can't remember <coughs> who at the moment, but there's more. Um, also, uh, another DB, three-star DB from Dallas, Texas, uh, Josh Drayden. Josh Drayden helped Dunn nearly pull off back-to-back state championships thanks to this play. He's physical, long-armed, and fast in coverage. Good times. So another DB. And then, of course... One of our other favorites, four-star DB from Chattanooga, Tennessee, Nigel Edmonds. Finn. Finn. He's our Finn. Cal's newest Edmonds, uh, newest commit, Edmonds boasts strong offer list from any commitment in the class. He brings a bevy of skills to Cal's secondary side. Don't see the word bevy that often printed on paper. (laughs) No, you really don't. That's two Vs. That's weird. (laughs) By the way, where we got this list from is from Cal Rivals, so I wanted to give a little, little thank you to... To Mark Towson, who put this up. Uh, yeah, this is very, not. We did not. Man. We did not take this from the paid side. This is free. So. I mean, <laughs> both of us have written scouting reports on some of these guys before. Yeah. I wrote a bunch of them uh, back in the spring this year. So, yeah. take a look at those. I'll find some if you want to know whose I wrote. Then yeah. I'll find it for you. We will find it. Yeah. Um, next up is a. Uh, Logan Gamble, three-star Big wide receiver, receiver right? from Long Tight Beach, California. Type. Yep. He demonstrated the strides he made in the offseason. Uh, he racked up 1,100 receiving yards in 11 games this year. That's pretty good. That's, that's 100 yards a game. That's not bad. That's great. <laughs> it's not bad at all. He's really tall, and he's really, really... Really rangy, yeah. really big. Yeah. I'm, I think he stands at, like, what, like 6'4"? Yeah, he's 6'4", 6'5", like yeah. 220, 230. But then his arm his arm length, his, his reach is he's huge. Got that he's Jerry, got that Jerry West wingspan. He's got the albatross. He's, he's, he's an Jay albatross. Jay Billis, <laughs> his uh, favorite player. <laughs> and then uh, next was uh, Cameron Goody, uh, two-star linebacker from Spring, Texas. So uh, Goody. Earned all district honors after a very strong season. Uh, he's fighting to keep him because uh, Vanderbilt is making a late charge. He made a Vandy visit, I think, this past or two weeks ago. So uh, Vanderbilt, yeah. <laughs> huh. 
So he's back in the mix there. Um, and then next is uh, Daniel Juarez, uh, three-star line from Corona, California. Just nasty blocker. Yep. Uh, Big physical. He is the longest tenured Cal commit. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, now that all the other ones are actually in school. Yeah. Like, I think Gilliam was before him. Probably. I think, yeah. Yeah, Gilliam probably was. Because Ar- Armani Rogers was originally our first one, then Gilliam. Yeah, but then Armani decommitted, so... He's going to L.A., right? I don't think he's committed yet. I think he's still in the mix for for a lot of places, but... He's gone, so... Next is uh, Drew Kobayashi, three-star wide receiver from Honolulu, Hawaii. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about him being buddies with uh, Herbig. This kid, I think, is our next version of Trevor Davis. I think... He's got the speed. I think it's between him and Brandon Singleton who becomes... Are like speed deep threat guy. Why not both? Why not? They can both. You can have two speed threats. You can I think. Yeah, speed I mean, kills. Speed does kill. And Unless you, you're the Raiders, and then it kills your entire team. Well, you need speed in the Pac-12. That's for sure. Yeah, at the wide receiver position. So Some the more the merrier. Speed. Yeah. And then we have a uh, Laris Matt Laris, three-star wide receiver from Sammamish, Washington. Yeah. He's solid too. Same thing. Eleven hundred yards, ten touchdowns. Yep. State title for his high school. So yeah. It's a good thing. They're used to winning. We're going to have to keep them used to it's winning. It's a second straight state title for that school. I mean, it's Washington smaller than California, yeah, of obviously. Course. But. Yeah. Um, and then two-star D-lineman, Tevin Paul. He earned defensive MVP honors in his district and helped Lake Travis to the state championship game. So they lost the state championship game, but they still made it that far. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Francisco Perez. Paco. Paco. Three-star yeah. O-lineman from Baldwin Park, California. Paco. Keep him from UCLA. Yeah, he may be the most game... It says here, he may be the most game-ready of Cal's high school O-line commits. Big, mobile, and powerful. The Bears need to find a way to fend off UCLA. Because he just... He went on his OV to UCLA last weekend. Yeah. He's from the area. Um, I think the, the pull of maybe staying at home, um, maybe that's bigger... That's probably there. That's probably the biggest thing, I would assume. Um, you know, just playing in front of you. I mean, it's in the same state. I think. I think the biggest thing with the, when he visited, uh, these guys are probably saying. I'm pretty sure this is what all the LA guys said: is we made it work. It works. Like it. Yeah. it it's doable. Like if you if you miss home too much, it's not a big deal. And you've got a bunch of guys who are from LA to remind you of stuff anyway to hang out with. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then the next one was uh, Chinedu Udeogu, but I mean, he, he wasn't there. He didn't so make it. Um, let's not. We'll move on to the next one. Talk about him. Evan Weaver, three star D, the D end from Spokane, Washington. Um, he did it all for his for Gonzaga prep on the way to a state championship and being named Washington State's player of the year. That's a good thing. That's a real good thing. You know, the last uh, was uh, last guy we had who was Washington State's player of the year. Was uh, DeAndre <coughs> Coleman, and he was he was pretty, pretty solid yeah. inside. Yeah, He's one of my favorite guys to watch actually. Yeah, so I mean, I like this kid. I've seen the tape on him. I haven't. I don't know how to really break down football tape, but from what I've seen, he passes the eye test for yeah. sure. One of those huge, really quick, fast defensive ends. So. I don't remember if I scouted him or not. But he's he's good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, um, he's got the whole JJ Watt haircut and everything too, good. which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's what you need. It makes you more aerodynamic, yeah. pretty much. 
Uh, and then, of course, uh, two friends, two-star offensive lineman, uh, Gentle Williams from Florence, Mississippi. Uh, he made Mississippi st- Mi- Mississippi's all-state team help Florence average over 250 yards of rushing per game. That's good. That's I mean, a he, lot of yards. And he's a big dude. He's going to crush some people. Yeah. And then last. Fall flat on some people. Yep. Last was uh, Chris Yagi, three-star defensive tackle from Saint- Santa Ana, California. I mean, it says here he was playing nose, so he's going to have to adjust to yep. the four-three nose tackle or defensive tackle spot. Yep. But if you're that big, you're getting all state honors. The tech, the technique is pretty much the same. Yeah. So uh, you're just lining up over a different guy. Yeah. So the next two weeks, it's. If you don't follow Cal recruiting and you just follow the football team, then it's not you that You shouldn't thing. follow recruiting anyway. It just no. breaks your heart every time. It's just uh, it gets really, really time-consuming. Yeah, yeah. Once you start following recruiting, you can't stop. You really can't stop. I think that's – for me, I started – I've tried to get away from it, but you get drawn back in. I started two years ago, and um, it's been bad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's been real bad because I check the forums and like everything at least two, three times a day. I think if you don't want to be invested in it, you just have to kind of stay back yeah. from everything. You have to keep yourself on the outside and just take up other interests. Yeah. So the reason being for me, I think the reason it's so fun is just because you get to see who we're in the mix for. Yeah. You know, and who the future guys coming in possibly might be and how um, some of these guys, it's cool. It's just cool to see the progression that you see some of these guys make. These three-star guys or four-star guys that come in and then become these, you know, all Pac-12 really, really good players. And then so to see how the coaching staff finds these diamonds in the rough and then, you know, just turn them into – I mean, look at Jared. Diamonds. Yeah. I mean, look at Jared, right? He's a, he was a four-star guy. Um, just Out of Marin Catholic, of Mar- which, again, as someone who started in the MCAL, it is not that difficult of a league. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was a four-star. I was star. a 6'2", 180 middle linebacker. <laughs> look at everyone else now. <laughs> yeah. And we, we turned Jared Goff into a f- top, surefire top-five pick. probably a top-two pick. Yeah. Yeah, even more so. So... You know, it's just fun to, to catch up and see those things. That's, yeah. just, that's just personal. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are all the recruits. Hopefully yeah. we get all of them. Well, I think I think next week our podcast might be a little bit longer just because yeah. we'll be talking about all these recruiting guys. Yeah. This weekend's another big weekend, too. There's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of guys coming cool. in. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, moving on uh, to the fun stuff. Yay! Should sort we, of. Should we start with the women's team, or should we start with the? That's men's not team? fun. Should do we? Should we start with the bad news first, then? Because let's the, just whip through the uh, women's stuff, since I don't think either of us really watched it. No, no. But the women's team uh, played two games this week. They made a, they made a trip down to LA. Uh, they played uh, UC, number twenty UCLA first. Uh, they lost seventy five to fifty six. They're they're playing seven people a game. They're shorthanded. You have. People like Ash Thomas playing 40 minutes a game. Yeah. Range playing 38. Cowling playing 36. 36. No Gabby Green. Nope. Just, um, I mean, Enigwe is scoring most of our points, even though she only played 27 minutes. She's 6 of 12 in 27 minutes with 16 points and 9 rebounds. Yeah, That's... she's really good. <laughs> That's amazing. And you can't have seven turnovers from your starting point card. Yeah, that's not good. No. 
I don't think we really have too much of a point uh, a two guard either because it says all the other starters are forwards. Yeah, nor can you shoot 36.8% from the field. That's no, just they're just nuts. not playing well right now. No. And I think that's a lot of just injuries. And you look at this, I think this is the stat that basically, these two stats basically killed. UCLA had thirty or 28 points off the bench. Cal had three. UCLA had 23 points off of turnovers. Cal had eight. Yeah. That pretty much will. It's 20 turnovers for Cal. And yeah. in this in the other game against USC, they had 23. Which Yeah. So then on to that one, which good. is their second one. Cal loses to USC 61-47. to They're actually only down a point after the uh, third quarter, but just kind of tanked at yeah. the end there. Six uh, for 24 in the second half. Oh, seven from three. They shot 37% from the field for the game. They shot 22.2% from three for the game. So Yeah, they made their first two three-pointers. They just didn't make any after that. Yeah, 0 for 7 in the second half. Yeah. That just That's not a good recipe for wins. No, I mean, they made a few, field, a few free throws, but you're not winning like that. Yeah. I mean, 4 of 10 for Christina Nigue, 3 of 10 for Courtney Range, 5 of 11 for Panina Davidson, and 4 of 8 for Michaela Kelling. That's good to hear Panina getting some more. Yeah. And 1 of run. 6 for Ash Thomas. So, hey. And she also had 9 turnovers. Yeah. So they need Gabby back soon. Yeah. Um, but Raise some hell. Oh, I mean, the, 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 the women's team start off the season so strong, but they're now 1 in 7 in Pac-12 play. Yeah, this is not... It's what injuries do to you. Yeah. I mean, there's still enough time to turn the season around, That's but and they have the talent to do it, but something just needs to start clicking. Yeah. That's basically what needs to start, and shots just start need to fall. That's, that's, that's just what that's it is. <sighs> but they have the talent to do it. I think they'll do it. Coach, Coach Gottlieb, pretty amazing. So yeah. we'll see how that pans out. Um but on to the men's. Um, this was a fun weekend. You covered one of the games. I covered one of the yeah. games. This was this was uh, very fun. Uh, it was loud. It was very loud. Um, so let's start with the first one. Uh, Cal beats Arizona State. Uh, Bobby Hurley still can't beat Cal. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Cal is, uh, at this point... Jason uh, Kidd peed in his Cheerios. <laughs> Cal wins 75-70, to 70, uh, led by uh, Ivan Rab's 20-8 night with uh, three blocks and six, six assists. Six assists. He was... An excellent playmaker. He was the guy. Eight of eleven from the field. Four of six from from the line. I there's there's I can't say anything else about this. Uh, yeah, just singer. Also, I was I watched this one at home because I had to go to dog training class. <laughs> My dog is learning things, but they were gushing about Singer in the first half. He had eight assists in the first half. He didn't have any after that, which kind of sucks. Yeah. He was splitting double teams, making great passes. Some of those passes, and I talked to to some of the guys after the game about this, but some of those passes, you need abnormal court vision in order to see those passes and to make those passes. And he's got it. Yeah, he definitely has. He did not showcase it that well in the Arizona game, but we'll talk about that in a little bit, but... There in this were game, different circumstances. Yeah, to but that in this too. game, he was outstanding. His passing, his his court vision, his his just his anticipation is solid, solid. Yeah, um, he just found guys. I mean, found Ivan mostly, but yeah. found guys. But look at this stat line: he had eight assists, six points, six turn, uh, six rebounds. He almost had that Jason Kidd style of triple double. Yeah, he was getting close to it. Um, you know, that 10, 10, 10, triple-double. So. Or the Rondo 10, 11, 27 or something <laughs> exactly. like that. Um, the 50 assists because <laughs> he can't shoot. 
You know, but who knows? I think I think Sam might actually get that triple double at some point this season yeah. if he keeps. If it's it, possible, yeah. In the time that Wallace is gone, maybe which is another we, four to six weeks. So maybe if we play someone who's a little more down, like a Washington State, who is still good, yeah. mind you. Which it's by more the likely. which by the way, I don't think we've talked about that yet. Is that Ty Wallace out for four to six weeks? Uh, broken bone in his uh, right hand. Right hand, I believe. Um, so. That's why Sam is starting. Yes. Um, and that happened during practice. So that just sucks. Um, but the team, I think this this past week kind of rallied around that. It's a, kind of like a win for tie type of thing. Yeah. Or we'll keep the ship afloat until you get here. Um, we'll punch people out so you don't have to. <laughs> that, that too. Um, any other notes from this? I mean. Um, I just liked that uh, Singer and Rab were the main playmakers. Yep. Rab especially because I... I feel like him passing out of the post when he has that position and he's only single teamed. He's getting better at it since the Virginia game where yeah. he got doubled and couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. I think the big thing for me was that we held Trey Holder to 2 of 11 shooting and 0 of 3 from three-point line. Yeah, uh, from three point line. We made him be a volume shooter. And yeah. He didn't do it as well as he usually does. So. No. And so... This was this was for me the weird part was that we got we got them in a lot of foul trouble, but we didn't get any of them to foul out. Willie Atwood had four. Eric Jacobson had four. Five guys with four. Abina Oleka had four. Savant Goodman had four. And Cody Justice had four. But we couldn't get a single one of them to foul out. That nope. was the weird part. Well, yeah. Because most, if I remember correctly, most of these guys had four maybe half halfway into the second. Yeah. So it just felt like at least one or two of them would have fouled out. For the them, first but. time in a while, we actually got more foul shots than the opponent. So Yeah, the only problem is we shot 69%. 69 they shot 79 yeah. So they almost made as many as us. But yeah. you know what? Played, played pretty well. The uh, offensive rebounding was a bit of a <coughs> disparity, just... Turnovers were still a problem in this game, but you know what? Winning forgives all sins. Yeah, and this game was definitely closer than it should have been. I mean, we were up 10, 12 at some point. And they yeah, I left back. when we were up 11. So. Yeah, but they rallied back for a little bit. ASU led for zero. No time. No time, so we're, we were good. We were good. Oh, man. On to... Excuse the yawning, people. Yeah. I'm, I'm sleepy right now. Yeah, it's... it's, uh, it's Kind of late on a Monday night. <laughs> um, on to the big one. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we were both at this game, so we can attest to how loud it was. This, I I don't know what else to say except that the crowd was even better than that 2014 win with the Cobbs. That's debatable, honestly. I was, Really? Because I think the, I felt like the crowd was louder in this one. I felt like the Maybe. crowd was a little more into it's, this one. It's possible, but I just remember being at the Cobbs one in the student section yelling as yeah. many things as I could come up with to yell. Yeah. I yelled a lot of bad things that day. They were mostly at the officials. So <laughs> I think. But the speaking of officials, we had the hated terror, Mike Greenstein, who can go die in a hole. Someone needs to put him through the Spanish announce table. <laughs> Said this once, I'll say it again. He's god-awful. Uh, but I'll, I'll say one thing on the opposite of that. One thing the officials did a really good job of this at this game was 
that they were really good with not calling the fouls on um, defenders when uh, the ball handler is trying to curl around them um, yeah. off a pick. Because some games, the officials just call that every time when they're yeah. just... When on the just, hedge or just trying to go around? Just trying pick? to go around. You know, when, when, the, when the ball handler tries to go... Um, just tries to go over the top of yeah. their man defender and just kind of uses that arm to kind of go around them. But usually they call that on the defender for not moving his feet and just kind of yeah. hip-checking them. Uh, but, you know, the officials didn't call any of that, which kind of... That's good. I like it because it just... the how Silver lining to a how are de- crappy platter. Yeah, I mean, how are perimeter defenders allowed to defend if you keep calling that? Like, you yeah. can't... That they, means you can't touch can. them. So it just opened up the game. It for and it worked for both sides. I liked it not being called for us, and I liked that they didn't call it against Arizona as well. So they didn't call it both ways. I liked it. Um, but other than that, let's let's get to the game. Um, Cal beats number twelve Arizona seventy four to seventy three. Much saltiness was had over the court storming afterwards. <clears throat> so, which by the way, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Do you are you what are you are you for it? Are you against? I'm pro court storming. Yeah. You know what? It's college kids having fun. It was led by the football team, mind you. Yeah, that's so. if you watch the replay. If you if you legitimately watch the replay, they're the first ones out there. <laughs> and if you want to argue with someone, argue with a three hundred pound offensive lineman. Yeah, because it, it. I will say this. I think Ray. I think Ray Hudson might have been the first one on the court. Yeah, um, I mean so. he's made two twenty five, but still bigger than most people. Yeah, it's mostly a lot of Arizona fans who are just salty about the game uh, i i don't know what your opinion is about arizona fans but they're got uh, i say god awful too much but they're not just not fun yeah they root against the opponent instead of for their team i'll put a little asterisk but because there are we there are some you know really oh yeah really of good course ones. i'm uh, not saying yeah it applies to but all there of was, them but there i feel were, like there are a lot of bad ones there were some bad ones at the game uh on saturday i mean um, there was a guy sitting around me um, who was just, as you said, wasn't rooting for their team, was just rooting against Cal. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those, like, I'm one of those guys that if I go to an away away team, or I'm my team's the away and I go to that game, I'm kind of just, I'm not going to yell like, ha, you suck. Or, if, you know, if, let's say I'm at a UCLA game against Cal, like, ha, you suck, UCLA. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of those. Yeah. I'm just one of those guys that just... Every time our team does something well, I clap for them. Every time, you know, a call goes against us, I'm like, oh, you can't call that against no, us. You know, man. just, yeah, just say anything for your team. Don't say anything against the other team, you know, and it's just, it's just unnecessary. I mean, it's not your home court. If it's your no. home court, that's another, that's another and issue. And don't but. start your stupid U of A chant in the middle of hail to California. Yeah. That was one of my big buttons. I wanted to punch someone out, but I can couldn't you, because I was at the, the press row. Can you be respectful of your university? I, yeah. That's just, that's just common courtesy, right? Like, I'm not going to yell, go California if I'm at a U of A game and it's their home game and they're singing their school song. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm just not going to do that because it's just, you, they have their fans and they have their traditions, right? And if that's one of their traditions, yeah. I'm not going to bombard in on one of their traditions. Yeah, the only one I could allow bombarding on is the egg clap, but yeah, that's yeah. basically stolen anyway. So yeah, so that's all right. So I don't know. I, there's a lot of guys, you know. I'm, Mike Silver on Twitter was basically like, just let them be. It's just their college students yeah. doing their thing. I mean, Kevin O'Neill on on Pac-12 Networks. I watched the post game thing uh, in the middle of the night uh, after the game, and he he was saying, "Don't rush the court. You know, don't do that." I'm like, "Well, he's an asshole." So. Yeah. 
I mean, he's a terrible coach too. He got super duper fired yes, from USC. Really bad. And he fired. hates us. Yeah, he hates us with a passion. <laughs> it's mostly because he's balding and he can't grow hair like all the Berkeley hippies can. I mean, as long as for me, for me, this is where the line's drawn. As long as none of the players get injured, I'm all for it. Yeah. If too many people rush the court and you're, you know, if you're grabbing at the players and things like that, then it's a totally different if issue. You're throwing punches at people. Exactly. Or but you know, if it's just all for just hey, they're jump having up fun and down. too. Yeah. If they're having fun, Let's too, get in the middle that's of fine. the court and celebrate. Yeah. All I remember about the la- the beating the number one was that that mass of people was the like warmest place i've ever been because i was wearing a sweatshirt <laughs> for me personally i the reason i don't storm the court is just because i get a little bit of a claustrophobic feeling yeah because there's just it's just so packed and yeah. you can't really move anywhere i've only done that twice yeah so. so you know what it's all fun in games they had fun we yeah. had fun watching it that's all there is to it yeah. but back to the basketball um it was a good game this was a very matthews good game. just went off in the second half yeah I'm 20 in the second. I mean, if you're not emotionally invested in any of these two teams, regardless of who, I think it's just, it was a fun game to watch. Matthews just kept making shot after shot after shot. Answering the uh, Arizona Bigs, who did a great job, Ryan Anderson especially. I think our Bigs did a great job too. I think the biggest thing for us is that, I mean. They played well with four fouls. They did. They played really well with four fouls. Only uh, Cam fouled out. Yeah. but the big thing was that we contested the shots, but, I mean, granted, a lot of them went in, but we didn't get the foul calls or the and ones. We didn't yeah. give away those silly, you know, the Jakob uh, Pertle ones, you know, the ones yeah. where he kind of gets the layup but gets tagged on the way up. And, and give then, you the uh, Maria Sharapova. Ugh. Yeah, and the and ones. So we didn't give those up, which was – that was fine by me. Um, Jalen Brown, don't – Don't look at the field goal. Field goal is attempted. That isn't going to tell the whole story. Yeah. But tell me if I'm wrong, okay? This was Jalen Brown's most impressive game, but not impressive game in the stat line. Yeah, the most un. That was a, it I was a Shane Battier like performance. Yeah, and I, underratedness. I don't. I, I didn't know how to explain this to people. Uh, to people, I'm like, if you look at the stat line, Jalen Brown had a horrific game. But if you watch the whole game, uh, the whole game, and don't look at the numbers, he took over the facilitating duties. He just ball handling when Singer was out, so we could match up well with Arizona. Seven of eleven from the line. Yeah, not bad. He he drew fouls. He passed the ball well. He found open guys, wide open guys like Brown and Bird and, or, and Matthews. No, Bird and Matthews. Yeah. He can't find himself unless <laughs> he's trying to, and you know, going all spiritual on us, but. You know what? He he played real well, and he had the resounding block. Oh, oh! I mean, if you haven't had the chance to watch this, it's it's everywhere. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't get a big reaction out of Walton. Oh, yeah, but that oh, that game was. Yeah. He's the type that would want him to just softly bat it to his own guy, which you know that there's merit in that, but just the killer slam of. Having that happen to you, I mean that I, he, it was a ch- it was a chase down block. That's yeah. that's that's how. If you haven't seen it, let me just explain. It's a volleyball it was a, spike. He, you know, he the guy was going for a layup. He caught up to him. He actually slowed down a little bit, and then he jumped up and just smacks it into the ground. Yeah, and it was. <laughs> I don't think anyone expected him to smack it that hard. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear that, and you could hear the loud "oh" around you. I, 
I try not to react too much, but I'm too much of a fan not to yeah. when I'm at press row. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That was a huge block. Um, but other than that, I mean, Jordan Matthews, 6 of 12 from 3-point. 50% yeah. from 3-point. He actually went over 1,000 points in his career. Yep, so. yep. I thought he was about to drop 30. I really thought he, he could. He got close. He got close. He scored 28. Um, but <laughs> I rewatched... Uh, I, as I said, I rewatched some of this game on ESPN, um, the Watch ESPN app, and uh, there's a point where uh, Jordan hits a three, and then Bill Walton's like, uh, Jordan Matthews is like a volcano. Yeah, they're going then, off in Indonesia. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how he went off on that tangent, but he went from Jordan Matthews is a volcano to all these volcanoes are going off in the world to someone should take note because something big is about to happen. And this was not about basketball. No, he, some guy, some spiritual healer named Fred gave him something at a dead concert over in at the Hearst Hearst Theater sometime in 1966. Or has it worn off? No, <laughs> his whole life has been one big, just like psychedelic blur <laughs> with some basketball in between. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure, and I've talked about this, but if he did, if it wasn't for John Wooden at UCLA, I'm pretty sure he would have played basketball at Cal. Yeah, I just yeah. Wooden kind of... I mean, Wooden was amazing, so... Yeah, he, he's the best coach of all time, honestly. You can't... There's no one better. Coach K is getting close. Coach K is very close, though. Yeah. He He's a solid two. Yeah. And may, like... Or maybe a 1B. Yeah. I think when it's all said and done, Coach K might be a 1B. Yeah. Um, Him and Dean Smith, I think. Oh, Dean so. Smith's up there, too. That is correct. As far as college coaches go, pro coaches, it's basically Red Auerbach and Phil Jackson. But Yeah, yeah. And Pat Riley. Oh, Pat, say. Pat's up there. Yeah. Pat's up there, too. Pop. Ooh, yeah. We can't forget He about might Pop. be the best, honestly, as far as my favorites. But Yeah, Pop and P-Jax. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, Cal beats number 12 Arizona at home. This was huge. This was yeah. a very big game. All the stars were out for this game. Let's Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. They brought out all the stops for this game. I don't know how they did it. Um, but, I mean, of course, Jared Goff's at the game because the entire football team is at the game. Yeah. Um, and Goff's been a Cal fan forever anyway, so yeah. why wouldn't he? So every time they showed him on, on the mega screen, everyone, the stadium went nuts. Yeah. Uh, they brought out Missy Franklin in the uh, with Mike uh, AD Mike Williams. They gave mm-hmm. her the Honda Trophy for uh, was it uh, women ath- woman athlete best of the year? collegiate women's athlete. athlete of the year? Yeah, because she um, is she's she the best. Yep, uh, and so and then you know uh, all those other uh, Sunny was there in the one corner. Yep, yep. Michael Kendricks I think was sitting courtside. Nice. Um, there were two NBA players at this game as well. A friend of mine took a snap with them, and I saw it on Facebook. Uh, was Boban. Uh, Marjanovic, Marjanovic, and he Ray, was there, and Ray McCallum. Oh, I love Boban. <laughs> they were they were both sitting in near the student That's section. A weird duo, isn't McCallum on the Kings or something? Yeah, I think Boban is with Boban's on the Spurs, Spurs, so they're in town because they're playing the Warriors tonight. Yeah, so I or maybe they played the Kings. Uh, they they might have played the they Kings. Maybe, yeah, so they were in the crowd too. But damn, Boban, <laughs> I love me some Boban. But yeah, the two Someone of them told were, me that. Yeah, the two of them were in the crowd as well. Um, so this was a pretty star-studded. In I mean, just in our in our terms, it was a star-studded. Night. Weren't Kerr and Walton there or something? 
Yes, uh, Luke Walton was Luke Walton was there. So was Luke Walton's son. So it was all three Waltons. Yeah, were at the game. Uh, Kerr was probably there as well. I would assume yeah. there are some like sixteen NBA scouts too. Of course, of course, to watch uh, Rab and Brown, Brown and, and probably Matthew. I'm, I'm, Matthews if, on our side. If then, Matthews did not catch your eye at this point, I <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And the entire Arizona roster with uh, I can see Anderson. He's good. Kadeem York. Allen, York, uh, Dusan. Yeah, Ristich. And uh, Tark the Shark. Yeah. Who It was great to hear him foul out, though. Yeah. That that will forever be my favorite chant. The na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey, you suck. Yeah. And my dad sits right across from me when I'm doing these press things, uh-huh. and he always tells me the next day, I could see you mouthing it along with them <laughs> and doing the head bob as they did the use. <laughs> and you kind of get into that. You do. I've been going to these since I was made seven years old, I want to say. So you, that's always been my favorite part, and I'm glad they keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, on Twitter, uh, a lot of these U of A fans were a little bit salty in terms of little you know, bit. They were they were basically saying, you know, like you've they always play everyone plays their best game against us. Yeah, and like why go why would ahead. you rush the court against a number twelve team? You know why like, they rushed it because you're not relevant. Yeah. Oh, boo, freaking who? Just yeah. go cry somewhere else and don't try and bring someone else down with you. And then the Stanford guys kind of came on into yeah. it, um, which was really weird. I mean, art. I mean, I make fun of the Stanford guys as much as possible whenever they post something. At but this, us. but our our like pseudo sister website on SB the Nation, rule of tree. the Rule of Tree, they who were. Only has like two commenters, honestly. And they were saying uh, something like, uh, "This is like the Super Bowl to us um, of basketball." And then um, I, I told them, you know, let's keep the let's keep the basketball reference with the basketball references and the football references with the football references. Yeah. And they they proceeded to send me a snapshot of the Stanford Cal game from last week, and I said, "Good on you. That's I mean, yeah, that's cool." I mean, we, you were the better team. You guys won that one. We lost. I mean, but when's the last time you guys have been University of Arizona? Yeah. Hey oh. Yeah, your stupid tree can go on a goddamn wood chipper, you piece of crap. And what was the other one that they had? I uh, just I hate the concept that they have of nerd nation. Yeah. I I put something out there with the Golden Blogs Twitter. It was like it's like fetch in Mean Girls. <laughs> they need to stop trying to make it happen. <laughs> You can't sit with us. Why are you so obsessed with me? Exactly. <laughs> None oh, for man. Gretchen Wieners. Stanford is the Gretchen Wieners of the Pac-12. They're they... only there because their father invented the toaster strudel. <laughs> the toaster strudel. Oh, I, I totally forgot about that. Is something going off in this building? Uh, probably not. I think it's just maybe a little sound. Security alarms maybe. or something? Maybe. Um. Yeah, you hear that sound. Don't yeah, you? you can hear the beeping and the warm. Yeah, warm, warm, that might be just some. Maybe someone uh, burned a toaster strudel. Yeah. So who knows? Um. But they went with pop tarts because they're inferior. <laughs> so I like pop tarts because they're less costly. Um, that being said, that that being said, this who's this, the uh, God? What the hell's the other girl's name that isn't Lindsay Lohan or Rachel McAdams? I know it's played by Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what her name is too, God. but she's. It's going to bother me. She's the girl that can uh, tell when it rains. Yeah. yeah. It's a 30% chance it's already raining. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, Great movie, by the way. Very, very funny movie. I was, I was 12 years old when I saw that movie. I thought, oh, it's just going to be another girl movie. Why are we watching One this? of those Lindsay Lohan movies. And then an hour and a half later, I'm like, Jesus, let's watch that again, please. <laughs> I, I will make a confession. That's how I felt about when I watched Pitch Perfect for the first time. It was yeah. one of those. Well, I was like, this is going to be one of those acapella, you know, those... Like the guy, the girl falls for the guy, you know, musicals, all those things. But it was more than that. It was actually yeah, pretty funny. I I had seen Fifty Fifty before that with Hannah Kendrick in it, and yeah. I had really liked her performance in that. So I figured I was gonna like this one too. So, um, uh, let's see. Uh, that pretty much Karen sums, Smith was uh, Amanda right. Seyfried's character's yeah. name. That pretty much sums out all our basketball talk. Yeah. Um, and then one more thing is uh, some baseball talk. Yeah. Um, Cal is ranked everywhere this year. I don't baseball. know why. I don't know what we did. <laughs> I watched us a bit last year just because I worked for the baseball team for yeah. some of those games. I did some of the scoreboard stuff. Yeah. So we finished. Uh, we did pretty well. We finished in the last uh, in, in the 2015 season. The last poll that they did, um, we finished uh, ranked number 22. Yeah, I'm surprised just because our best hitter in uh, Ursig. Is now he, not not with the team anymore. Yeah, he got booted for academics, but yeah. we're just doing better now. I mean, and, I mean, uh, let me let me read this to you. Uh, Baseball America has us as the number eight team in the country. D one Baseball dot com has us as the number nine team in the country. Perfect Game has us as the number eight team in the country, and Collegiate Baseball's Fabulous Forty has us as number thirteen. That's incredible. So three sites have us rated in the top ten. One has us in the top fifteen. Yeah. And um, some some other news with the baseball team, uh, some preseason honorifics is a junior uh, right-handed pitcher Dalton Jeffries, best uh, name, great pitcher, good. L- He's right-handed. I thought he was a lefty. He was a right-handed. I, okay, or that's what it at least said on the Cal Bears website. Uh, maybe so. I'm thinking of someone else. Urseg was a lefty. Urseg, yeah, me. That was it. Yeah, um, but second team preseason All-American. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be good. A guy who I really like is Devin Pearson. Yep. Great hitter. He got sidelined with a bad hand, I believe, last year a bit. But he he came out like gangbusters, added some power. We got a Brett Cumberland pack. Gaucho. El Gaucho. El Gaucho Mitchell Cranson. I believe he's going to be the one at third base now. Yeah. So Knapp will be good in the outfield as yeah. well. The brother of former, uh, Cal, former catcher Andrew Knapp. Who is with the... He is? I want to say White Sox, but that yeah. could be wrong. He's he's in the minors uh, for some major league they team. The Phillies or something. Yeah, in the AAA. Um, but other than that, I mean, this team's pretty solid. My personal two favorites are uh, Ryan Mason and uh, Preston Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, Ryan Mason, just because just he's just, when he steps onto the Small mound. kid. Yeah, but when he steps onto the mound, it's just he feels bigger. Like he just has that aura. He gives off the aura. Yeah. Um, and then you know he has he has great hair too. <laughs> He's got the whole uh, like the mohawk mohawk mullet thing going. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty legit. And then Preston Grand Prix, I just his batting stance is so unique, where he crowds the plate. He 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 literally is is his toes are on the line of the batter's box, and he's his entire upper body is over the plate, and he just he can make hits. Which is amazing to me how you can hit like that. I um, believe he's in the Phillies farm system. Yeah, there so. it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
I'm excited for this baseball season start. I mean, yeah. we start the season away. We start at Duke because Duke came last year. Yeah, and we played Duke pretty well from what I remember. I think we only won one. I think we won two, actually. From yeah, them. but we lost the one where they, just because their starting pitcher was the number one overall pitching prospect in the country. Yeah. So that's probably why we lost. Yeah, but, I'll um, say so. Yeah. yeah. But, but they can play with them. This will be fun. Um, I love the atmosphere out there uh, yeah. when you go to the field. It's... When it's you really get fun. a lot of people there, it's more fun. It is. It is. I mean, I was on, I was a, I was on Pac-12 Network quite a few because I sat because it's open seating. Yeah. So I sat right behind uh, the catcher. Yeah. So I, because of the Pac-12, the the view because it comes from behind the pitcher. Yeah, it's a very kid friendly atmosphere too. It so. is. It is. And I've seen Jared Goff there a bunch of times. Yeah. As well. I uh, one day I was operating a camera and kids kept hounding me to. They wanted to get on the big screen, and I told them that I didn't negotiate it ter- with terrorists, and they did not take kindly to that. Do not tell a child that, because they will come after you. And then when you give them a fake name, they keep saying it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what the cool thing about going to the baseball game is? I went last year, and then uh, we stayed until the end of the game, and then mm-hmm. I needed to use the bathroom after the game was over. I used the bathroom and came back out. The concession stand right there, they were giving out free hot dogs. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, so. If they little, can't sell them. Yeah, then. so that's a little perk. Uh, yeah. That's a little thing for you people who are going to go to this game and don't know about that. Stay Life end. pro tip. Yeah, if they have some extra hot dogs, it's they hand them off for probably free. probably up there with, you know, follow an ambulance around to get a free police escort. Or, See, but that's illegal. Or uh, get your ticket stuck in the uh, um, thing for a parking machine when you're trying to pay it in a in a structure so you won't have to pay on the way out i will i will that happened to me i will say this one of my friends love to do this this is very very illegal i must say okay this is very illegal but what he used to do was he used to take pennies and then wrap them uh with a little bit of uh, paper with just a white piece of paper that he had in the car and then he would stick it into the uh the parking meter uh you know the, the ones that you put coins in Mm-hmm. Um, not the ones where you where you purchase a ticket to put on your dash, yeah. but the one that you put coins in. And then when you stick that in there and just kind of shove it in, it, the error sign pops up on the <laughs> on the parking meter. So so if, even if a parking lady comes by, you're not going to get a ticket no. because it's the city's fault since it's, it's since there's an screwy. error. Sign. So I, I used to look at that and go, it's like it's a cheap method, but I'm like, like that's that's so illegal. Why would you do it? And it's just. That's up there on the list of parking fraud. Yeah. And That's then, like a rung below stealing someone's uh, handicap plaque. Yeah. So, oh, man, that's, that's that's a bad life pro tip. That's a really bad one. Um, but but the hot dog one, that's legit. I, I really I really enjoy sometimes yeah. just because after the game, you're just kind of a little bit hungry. You kind of want something. Yeah. That hot dog is the spot. I have another bad life pro tip for you. Tweeting at recruits to try and make them come to your school. Oh, yeah. Don't do that, people. Please it, don't do that. The line is drawn with, let's say he tweets out something about your school and you just hashtag, you know, your school's thing and just say, mm. you know, welcome or whatever. That's fine. Come on down. Yeah. But then you go Play beyond that with the whole, like, if you don't come to our school, blah, blah, blah. Or if you, like, if you when, go to this there school, There are people blah, blah, going blah. after uh, Stovall for going to Cal instead of Utah. Or USC, too. Some yeah. of the USC guys are going after him, too. It's like you're going to regret going to Cal. And you're like, dude, really? Yeah. You have your own school to worry about. Come on. Ray Davidson, um, linebacker here at Cal. Yes, number 31. A, he put out a funny thing. Uh, he said, uh, 
you know, guys who've never even played the sport um, sit behind a computer and keyboard and act like they've, they know everything about the sport. Um, that's what he tweeted. Well, it's our about. job to pretend. <laughs> so, I mean, I tweeted at him. I said, I tried to play football, except our high school didn't have a football team. <laughs> and he, he commented back and he said, you know, props to you. You know, it's just, he feels that sometimes he just doesn't get yeah. just the human, just there are people too. There's a know? human aspect that's sometimes lost. There's a whole principle about it. I believe just being behind an anonymous username just brings out the toxicity in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know what, and I bring this, I'll bring this up too, is, you know, I'm, I'm from Korea. That's yeah. a big thing in Korea right now is because you look at all these uh, newspaper articles or like any article that pops up on the internet regarding maybe a celebrity or a sports mm-hmm. star or whatnot. And you can comment on those articles below using an anonymous username. And you can say the most, some of those things that you read on there are just nasty, yeah. nasty things. Never read the comment yeah. section. It ends poorly for everyone involved. Yeah. So that's a big thing coming up Except now. Except for ours. We have a good comment section. We do. We do. I think it's, it's, uh, it's positive criticism. Except when it's not. It, yeah. It, when it gets bad, it gets really bad. Yeah. But, the but reason, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. But the reason I bring it up is because that's just sometimes people get so just whipped up into it that they forget that the people that they're talking about are actual people too. Yeah. And just because you're hiding behind a username doesn't mean that you should be just a free pass on yeah. anything you say about a specific person. So that's why I try to... If I'm tweeting at someone, like in terms of maybe a, a football player or whatnot or any of the guys, I try to be as nice as possible. Yeah. Just there's no reason to be. If you have criticisms about how they played on the field, that's fine. But it's just you don't need to say it at the guy and be like, you suck. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, maybe he made, if he made that tackle, that would have been nice. Or yeah. if he made that pass, that would have been nice, you know. But yeah, I'm not going to say anything negative yeah. about anyone except you, Brian Farley. <laughs> Even then, he wasn't, that's more of a, he wasn't exactly the nicest guy when I was there. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm sure he had his reasons. <laughs> but that pretty much sums up uh, our Yeah, that's our program. piece here. Yeah, that's. Now, let us know yours. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't think we have anything else much to talk about. Next week, we'll no, have. We'll have uh, the uh, mountain schools yeah. and whatnot. I mean, yeah, uh, Cal, Cal basketball goes to uh, Utah on Wednesday, and I believe Colorado on Sunday. Yeah, we're going back and forth, actually. Yeah. Coming back from Utah, then going to Colorado on Saturday. Yeah. So, so it'll be interesting to see. I yeah. mean, um, this is going to be one of those uh, pretty big weekends for us. I mean, if we can get those two wins, I think that just solidifies our schedule. Yeah, we'll be 6-3 and three at the halfway mark. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're currently sitting fourth in the Pac-12. Yeah, um, I mean, the Pac-12 cannibalized itself so far. Pretty much. And in fo- in uh, contrary to football, in basketball, it's actually nicer because it, it just ups your RPI for everyone. Yeah, everyone in the Pac-12 is uh, sub-100 RPI. Yeah. So, I mean, you beat anyone in the Pac-12, that just boosts your strength of schedule and boosts your RPI. So at this point, Joe Lenardi has eight Pac-12 teams in, yeah. in the tournament. And that's, I mean, we're a nine seed, which isn't ideal, but... Yeah. And that's also with Stanford and Colorado as the first four out slash first four in. Yeah. So, you know what? It'll be just... Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but other than that, that pretty much wraps it up for yeah. us. Um, yeah. So if you have anything, please get at us. 
at uh, um, you know where to find us at Rob Eleven Wang at Trace Travers Three at Golden Blocks. Yep. CGB Bearcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. Yep. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And as always, go. You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world! This is bear territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world! This is bear territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world! This is bear territory! Woo! Woo! I'm ready to go!